Hey, before we start this podcast, I just wanted to give a shout out to John Kennedy, who initiated As Word Spreads, and we're dedicating this episode to him. So thanks for your work, John. Yay! Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. Hi, my name's Vincent. Hi, my name's Dylan. Hi, my name's Jenna. Hi, my name's Nathaniel. Hi, I'm Ashley M. Hi, I'm KT. And I'm Ashley C. Welcome to As Word Spreads. 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 Welcome to our podcast, As Word Spreads. As Word Spreads is a podcast hosted by First Call, BC Child and Youth Advocacy Coalition, and Fostering Change. We're recorded on unceded Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, and Musqueam territory in Vancouver, British Columbia, at the Vancouver Inspiration Lab. We're a bunch of youth in and from government care and allies, telling our stories. Hi, my name is Katie, and you're listening to As Word Spread. This podcast episode features members of the Speak Out Youth Group. We are a group of youth in and from care and youth adoptees who work to inspire change in the government care for youth and advocate on their behalf of other youth in care and youth adoptees. In this series, we'll be talking about various topics such as aging out of care, staying connected to family, entering adulthood, and more. Without further ado, let's get started. Today, we will be exploring the topic of boundaries, what they are, and why they're important. We also discuss five things that support the positive development of youth in care. Healthy emotional boundaries require clear internal boundaries, knowing your feelings and responsibilities to yourself and others. It's like an imaginary line or force field that separates you and others. What do personal boundaries mean to you? To me, personal boundaries mean that youth have the ability to make decisions for themselves and have other people help them make decisions. For me, it means that people respect my wishes when I would like to have the com- have a conversation dropped if I'm feeling either stressed, angry, or upset. <clears throat> and they follow through with either ending the conversation or asking to postpone until emotions aren't running high. For me, boundaries mean I'm saving myself from an unnecessary emotional strain and stress. So why are boundaries important? Boundaries are important because if you don't have boundaries, people could take advantage of you. Boundaries are important because they make you you. Like your skin is a boundary for your body, otherwise all your heart, brain, and bones would all fall out, and that wouldn't be very good, would it? Boundaries are important. If you don't have them, you could either be hurt or burnt out, which could destroy yourself mentally, emotionally, and sometimes physically. I've experienced the negative outcome from when I didn't listen to my internal boundaries, and that caused me to get physically sick. We all have somewhat different explanations of what boundaries mean to us. That's the thing, though. Boundaries can mean different things for different people. It's important that you set boundaries with people in your life when you start to feel exhausted, stressed, or anxious. These feelings can indicate someone is overstepping your boundary or you need to set one where there isn't one. We'll be right back after this break. next segment, we are going to be talking about five different themes that can help support youth in care in their development and upbringing. 
The five themes we think are important to support youth in care are involving youth in decision-making, independence versus structure, honesty and proper oversight in social work and foster homes, healthy parenting, and supporting the holistic development of youth. Involving youth in decisions. If our youth is not given the opportunity to make decisions about themselves, they may not feel so good about themselves or what's going on. For example, when I switched schools, there were a few schools in the area I could have gone to, but the school that I was recommended had my cousin. However, it was far away. I thought it would be good to have someone there to help me and make me feel comfortable. So so I was able to make the final decision to go to school with my cousin. And from there, I was given an info book about my new school. It made me feel like I was free and welcome, and I was very happy. Independence versus structure. Letting individual youth in care have independence is important because it gives them the chance to be more open to things rather than being constantly dependent on their workers. However, having too much freedom and a lack of structure can also be troublesome. It needs to be a solid combination of the two. When we were in foster care for the second time, our foster mom was just horrible. She had us in the basement of her house. She didn't really take care of us, and she was very strict on making us do a bunch of chores to keep the house completely spotless, while also having us complete some of her tasks, like taking care of her dog, vacuuming her part of the house, and putting away her groceries. Sometimes I even had to fold her laundry. We couldn't really depend on her for much. There isn't a whole lot we were actually allowed to do. It was basically school, chores, sleep, and family visits on the weekends. Her biological kids, however, were allowed to do whatever they wanted. They didn't have to do any of the chores, and they had no responsibilities. Her kids had total independence. I wouldn't say that we were independent, but we also didn't have a proper structure. It was all just so mixed up. Independence is good when the time is right, but proper structure and care is equally important for youth. A healthy mixture of the two is just what we need. Oversight and Honesty What does oversight mean? The Google definition says it's an unintentional failure to notice or do something. Sometimes social workers might not believe in what youth say to them, thinking that they're just whining or complaining because we're not happy with their current situations. And that's not okay. Unintentionally or not, it's still wrong to have this oversight with youth. Sometimes there are youth that just complain nonstop, but that doesn't mean we all do. And maybe if there are so many youth complaining, then perhaps the worker should be taking these complaints more seriously. When I was in the foster home, my foster sisters and I would constantly tell our social workers all the horrible things that was wrong in the foster home and what we were going through. But none of the social workers believed us. Then when my sister moved in, she also complained to our social worker, but she believed everything my sister said to her, even the complaints I had tried to tell her. When the social worker made the phone calls, to the foster mom. The foster mom would lie and say that we were just making things up and saying that we were just little brats who didn't want to be there. She would give us trouble after the phone call because we were trying to rat her out. 
once the house visit was done, we were on restriction for a long time, almost treating us like prisoners. Honesty is a two-way street. Youth should be honest with their workers, and workers need to be honest with their youth. You can't have honesty and trust if you're doubting what youth tell you about their own experiences. Take a moment to think about Alex. He recently died while in care, and that shows how extreme and damaging a lack of oversight can be. He was not okay, and what did the system do? Nothing. Until it was too late. Healthy parenting. Celebrating milestones is so important to me in youth and care, such as a birthday. Before I aged out, me and my social worker would go to eat lunch together and talk about what was happening in my life and the things I needed and wanted in order to be supported during my time in care. My social worker connected me to opportunities that would change my life through the conversations we had at our monthly lunch. By the way, my social worker always asked me where I wanted to go and the places I picked were always delicious. For my final lunch, a few weeks before I aged out, I picked to go eat at the keg because A, Steak is really delicious, it's super expensive, and making the ministry pay for such an expensive meal was pretty great. The keg is a great place for celebrations, and at this final lunch, we reflected about my personal growth and care and my journey. It was excellent. I felt celebrated and important. What are some goals that one would want to achieve in their life? To graduate high school and or post-secondary, getting your driver's license, getting a job, getting married, having kids, starting your own business maybe? Simply thinking about a future is a goal. And when you think about the goals in your life, you think about who's going to be there to help you celebrate. Your mom, your dad, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, the people who are important to you and or your family. But what if a youth who's in foster care doesn't have those strong relationships? then the bond or relationship between their social worker, foster parent, and youth worker needs to be so much more meaningful and stronger. They should try to be there for birthdays, holidays, and other milestones and personal goals, even if it's as simple as a phone call. Help them to achieve the goals that they want. Sit down with them and tutor if they're struggling in school. Sit down with them and go over college applications. Go through the learner's book to help them get their license or simply help them with job applications. Give them a call to let them know you're thinking of them on their birthday or just in general. By being someone who chooses to be there celebrating milestones and supporting us to achieve personal goals makes a very healthy parent and provides examples of healthy and loving relationships to each individual. Nobody wants to go through life alone, so be there. Supporting Holistic Development When we were asked to talk about supporting holistic development, we didn't really know what that meant. So we looked it up, and this is an example of the definition. Holistic development is a practical approach to a comprehensive learning system where physical, social, emotional, mind, and spiritual growth of a child is taken care of. I believe this supporting holistic development is extremely important because that's what foster care is supposed to be about, caring. 
You can't apply for this job and have kids living in your home if you don't care for them. When I first moved in, the foster mom helped me manage my disabilities and how to cope with my outbursts. But things weren't always that beneficial for me. In my teenage years, I was a bit overweight and I recall once that the foster mom grabbed my stomach and called me fat, which led to me having an eating disorder. I feel like when I first moved in, she generally seemed to care about me and helping me with my own holistic development, but eventually she just gave up on me. The care was gone. My disabilities and my eating disorder just made her frustrated. Now my sister is helping me overcome my eating disorder and she helps me cope with my FAS. She's more there for me when I start shutting down or my anxiety gets high and I need some. And when I had moved in, I was vegetarian, but my foster mom wouldn't feed me or buy me vegetarian options. I ate mostly craft dinner while I was there, and one day when I came home from school, she told me a friend of hers said that vegetarians needed nuts, beans, and legumes, and that she wouldn't buy me anything unless I turned back to meat. She didn't supply me things for my lunches, which forced me to eat a lot of veggie noodle cups that were thankfully provided by the Aboriginal worker at school. However, she noticed I didn't have lunch often and that I wasn't doing so well physically either, so she took me to the doctor for some tests, and I found out I was anemic, which means that my iron was extremely low. I couldn't tell my foster mom, because it's not like she would care. Eventually, I did get myself removed from that house, and she lost her right to be a foster parent. As you can see, there are many elements involved in supporting youth in care, their healthy development. It starts with social workers listening to youth and allowing them to be involved in the discussion-making process that will impact their lives. There also needs to be greater oversight in foster homes to make sure children and youth are getting the proper care they deserve. Youth also need to be given structure but also be trusted with their own independence in some things. To support the holistic development of youth, foster parents need to help them achieve their short-term and long-term goals so youth can develop their self-confidence and life skills. That's all the time we have for today, everybody. We would like to take this time to thank you for listening to our podcast, As Word Spreads. If you found this podcast interesting, remember to tell your family and friends and other youth in and from care and youth adoptees. And Speak Out Youth would like to thank Dylan for helping us create this podcast. Hey Ashleys, how do youth get involved in youth advocacy or fostering change? Go to fosteringchange.ca and learn about how you can join the youth advocacy team. Or by joining the Speak Out Youth group, which is a part of the Adopted Families Association of British Columbia. We get together about once a month and we're a group of youth in and from foster care or adoptees from like 13 to 25 and we get together to talk about how we can help support and promote permanency and adoption. Let's work together to inspire change. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.